0: Welcome to Rise and Shine, the podcast dedicated to women in home building who are ready to rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I am thrilled to embark on this empowering journey with you. Together, we're gonna dive into the world of leadership, sales, mindset, results, and corporate climbing, all tailored to the unique experiences of women in this industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, Rise and Shine is here to provide you with actionable insights, inspiring stories, and expert advice to propose you forward in your career, and illuminate your personal growth. So if you're ready to break some barriers, conquer challenges, and redefine success on your own terms, you are in the right place. It's time to rise, it's time to shine, and it all starts right here. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Rise and Shine. I am so very excited to have Kathy Tucker with us here today. Kathy, or as we lovingly refer to her as KT, is my very first manager ever and forever coach and mentor and just thrilled to bring her to you guys today. As you get a little behind the scenes and what does a coaching call with Abby and KT look like? <laughs> and we're going to share some really good tips and tricks with you guys today. But first of all, welcome KT. Thank you so much for joining us here today.
1: Thank you, Abby. I'm just as, as excited as you are. I mean, it's so much fun to see you and be with you anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. We, uh, we try to hop on our calls every once in a while still, but we're both so busy. So this is really nice to be able to catch up and talk all things. But before we get started, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit of your background and your history within the industry? All right. Very good. So I am,
1: I call myself a um, a corporate Uh, executive turned sales and leadership coach. (laughs) And and that's because I worked in corporate building for over 30 years with a couple different builders. And then I found myself at a crossroad and decided, hey, what do I want to do? And I decided I wanted to do what I'm most passionate about. And that is um, coaching sales leaders and salespeople, similar to what you're doing. And, and what gives me that background is I, you know, I started in sales and was one of the top salespeople. Then I moved into sales manage, actually, then I moved into sales training and helped to write a sales training manual and then into sales management, which I absolutely loved. And, um, and then into some various operational roles and then eventually into division president. And, you know, I just love this industry. I, I love it with a passion and I love the people that I work with and, and I think, um, you know, for me, what, when I have a great day, it's when I have been teaching a class, either online or in or live, and, and people say, wow, that is a really great idea, or wow, you know, I'm going to use this. And then I see them imp- implement, and then they come back to me and say, guess what happened? And it, and it's good, you know? So I feel, I feel so happy when I see people learning and growing and feeling like, you know, they're, they're they're the best version of themselves.
0: Yeah. And you uh were all of that and more to anybody that was on your team. You were always so good at cheerleading for us, but also having the hard conversations, coaching and really getting the best out of us, which isn't always just being like I said like a cheerleader. Like there's more to it to get the best out of your team. And I think you really excelled in that, you know, in my experience, I worked for a lot of people and I would always go back, well, KT would do this or KT would do that. So you were like the benchmark <laughs> of like what a leader should be and what I aspired to be. And we have so many shared, you know, goals, missions, things that we love, things that spark energy and joy for us. And I love that we're now at a pat- part where we're kind of on the same path here. Yeah. Um, I still feel like I'm I'm little Abby, you know, coming out of college, <laughs> and, and you're my, you know, big impressive boss, but I'm just grateful to to get to work alongside of you and to to learn from you to help set me up to be a good leader. And you played such an integral part of that, especially late in my corporate career when I was starting to climb really quickly. Mm-hmm. Thanks to your mentorship and your guidance, and just really believing in me, but also helping me with the strategic side of it, and that's where you've always showed up really great for me. As is, is in that that heart to heart coaching and kind of getting to where where was I lacking? Where did I need to grow? But also playing to my strengths. Mm-hmm. And so I know our topic today, mm-hmm. Jerome, please. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear my drum roll on this. (laughs) It is coaching, our favorite topic. (laughs) But tell me, you know, you're out there, I'm out there. What are you hearing in terms of coaching today? What's working? What's not working? What what struggles and opportunities exist around coaching for the sales teams? So what I'm hearing today, Abby, is,
1: is two main things. One is a lot of the sales leaders out there are so busy. They have meetings to go to. They have new communities opening up. So they're working on that part of their job. Um, they're hiring and training. Um, that one of the biggest challenges they're faced with is having the time to be out in the field coaching. And yet the market's changing yet again. As we both know, it, mm-hmm. it, it consistently changes. And our salespeople need um, some additional coaching you know, and uh, of different types. Every person's a little different, right? Mm-hmm. But they need some some coaching. Um, so that's one element is the time is, is really tough. And, you know, it's really a matter of prioritizing it, right? Which we know. And there's a few more things that go with that. Uh, but the other thing that I'm hearing is that um, is it, it, what some of the sales leaders say is I'm out there and I'm coaching, but I don't always feel like I'm making the best use of my time. And I, you know, that kind of makes me so sad because they have so little, I mean, they have only so much time anyway. And when they do get out there, I want to make sure that I'm helping them be able to be as effective as possible when they're there so that if they can only be there for an hour or an hour and a half, they are, you know, going to see some results. Yeah. So those are the two key things that I'm hearing a lot about right now is not having the time. And then when I am out there, I don't feel like it's always effective.
0: Yeah. So we need to prioritize it, but then we also need a game plan. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that's, that's key. So let's talk a little bit about how in the world do we prioritize coaching? Because I know for me, I loved coaching and training. If I had an extra hour, that's what I would do with it. But there were weeks upon weeks upon weeks where my calendar got so full as a leader that the first thing to go was, "Oh sorry, you know, Sarah, we're not I'm not going to have our one-on-one this week. Call me if you need me." "Hey Joe, I'm not going to have our one-on-one this week. Call me if you need me. I got called into another meeting." And then all of a sudden, the most important thing, which is helping your sales team get sales, became a back burner item because I had a marketing meeting and a community launch meeting and a new design change meeting and all of these things that are also important but possibly not the most important thing. Not the most important thing in a changing market. Not the most important thing I'm not sure when this is going to air in Q4 or really even Q1, because you want to kick the year off strong either. So it's like, we need to be really mindful of where's my time and attention going? And then how can I guard that? And so what tips would you have for a, a sales leader who maybe all of a sudden their schedule is about to just be taken away from them and they don't have that control or they feel like they don't have that control? What tips would you give them?
1: So I have a couple of thoughts there. One is that you know, first of all, I do talk about time blocking a lot because when we time block and and we set time aside in our calendar for these very important tasks, it helps us then look at our calendar and and reprioritize what's on our calendar. And and to your point, sometimes meetings pop up, you know. And if you don't have, and if they, if that meeting pops up during a time where you were planning to be out, um, depending on what that meeting is. I think that's where sometimes we have to have a strong enough relationship with our boss to be able to say, you know what, here's what's going on in my calendar and, you know, in my business. And this is where I really feel like I need to be because, you know, these three people are a little short on their goals for this month, but I know this meeting was set aside. Um, How would you feel about my calling into the meeting? Or how would you feel about um, giving me the, you know, the cliff notes to the meeting, or what do you need from me for this meeting? Can I provide that to you in advance so that I do not have to sit in that meeting? You know, so I think that we have to get creative and realize that our time and out there in the field with our salespeople is, is also what our boss wants us to do. You know, they want us to be out there getting sales and they just don't always realize that we, um, that we don't have time for some of these other meetings. Yeah. And I just,
0: I had one of my coaching clients say how crazy her schedule was. And I said, send me a screenshot. Just send me the last two weeks screenshot. Mm-hmm. And it was back to back meetings five days a week. And I said, I want you to take these screenshots and send them to your boss or, or pull them up in your next one-on-one and say, I just want you to see what I'm sitting through nine to five. And then my deliverables are happening at night and on the weekend. What yeah. if any of this? Because you taught me this. What if any of this can I exit out of? Exactly. So that I can start showing up great and managing my time a little bit better. <clears throat> And the crazy thing is, is they let you out of the meetings. They just don't know. I they mean, we... just don't know. Yes. You're absolutely right, Abby. <laughs> That's where we carry this enormous amount of guilt and responsibility that we have to be everywhere. But the second I would say to uh, you know my division president, hey, I'm overwhelmed. I have 20 meetings. I have 10 people, five of who really need me. I need to exit out of three of these. Here's my thoughts. What do you think? They're like, great, go, go, go be in the field. And then you can go with with release. There's no guilt. There's no having to do it after hours. Like everything just kind of feels smoother just because we communicated it.
1: Yes. And I think that's one thing, you know, having like you, having been in higher leadership roles, like me, having been a division president, I realize as a division president, I want my salespeople in the field too. I just don't always realize how many meetings that might be on their calendar. So I need them. I needed them to be open with me and to and, and then I there might have been some time where I would say I really need you in this meeting but I don't need you in these other three you know yeah. what I mean so so you're right I, th- I I think a lot of times they just don't realize that that uh, their managers want them to be in the field too
0: yeah and so any senior leaders that are that are listening open up that conversation too and ask mm-hmm. what's your calendar look like where's your time going and how can I help you maybe prioritize Coaching, if that's the main focus, which I think it always should be for a sales leader specifically, Um, really any leader that's listening, because, you know, my audience is more than just sales, but no matter what leadership role you're in, you need to spend an amount of time every week dedicated to one-on-one conversations. Yes.
1: Okay. And you now we talk about those one-on-ones with our people, but we also need to have those one-on-ones with our boss. Yes. We need to talk to our boss about, here's my vision for my team. Here's mm-hmm. where I want to be. Here's where I feel like the deficiencies are. And this is what I want to do about it. Yeah. You know, and when your boss hears you say that you've got it, your arms wrapped around your business, they realize that when you're out there in the field that you,
0: you're you doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it gives them the the trust building, right? Yes, you see that you're that you're in control. You're setting boundaries. You've got a game plan. You know they can rely on you to execute on this. So yeah, that's huge, and they'll help protect that time for you then too. If they know it's it's well suited, and they're getting feedback from you on what's happening during this yes. one-on-one. Yes. Yeah, I think that was right. one of the things that I struggled with for a while was promoting the the progress we were making, mm-hmm. right? So if I had mm-hmm. all these great coaching sessions and I was, I was feeling good, right? Cause you do, you feel good. You're helping people, you're getting traction, you're getting sales, but to also report back and say, Hey, like here were my three big goals. I feel like everybody on the team now is super proficient in their discovery. Like they are crushing it. I couldn't be more proud. We're moving on to closing boss man, like or lady right? Yes. communicating the, the benefit of prioritizing that field time too.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we need to reiterate because you and I both feel this way that coaching is not a one-time event and it's not just reserved for sales rallies or sales meetings. Right. It has to happen in the field. Mm-hmm. So let's say a sales leader does a good job. They prioritize their time. They've made it to the field. What can they do to maximize that time?
1: Well, I think that's a great question I have. And and when I about coaching, I think about it in a couple different ways. I think about, you know, coaching to strategize in home building, coaching with our sales team to strategize about their prospects and help them move them them forward. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a key that we always need to do. And there's ways to do that, which we'll talk about in a second. But the other element I think about is like what you said is, you know, maybe you're focused on discovery right now you know, or maybe it's closing. And I also think that if we really want to have effective time in our, in our one-on-ones with our team, they need to know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So they need to know, is this one-on-one going to be focused more on strategizing on prospects with some element of discovery? Or is this one-on-one going to be a little bit more of a skill development one-on-one? And I'm going to come out there and we're going to focus just on discovery. And then maybe we'll do more than just talking about prospects. We might do role plays on discovery you know? Yeah. So I think that to make it really effective, we, we have to have a plan. It, it needs to be a planned event. And if we're talking about prospects, they need to know I'm coming out there. I want to talk about your top 10 prospects. I want you to, you know, have with, you know, have in front of you who they are, what, what, what are their needs and what are their concerns and their objections? What's their time frame? You know, all this stuff about the, Person, you know how you're going to move them forward, and and let's really dig into those top ten. And then as we dig in, we coach. And there, as far as coaching, you know, there's there's a whole lot of other things we can talk about here in a second. You know, what do we do to help yeah. them to help them come up with their own solutions? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Here's
0: one of the things that I implemented from a time management standpoint, and this is thanks to COVID, right? Because when COVID happened, we did everything virtually, but I realized that my my prospecting conversations they could be done virtually yeah so if you don't have the capacity to get to every community this week right what you can do is schedule a 15 to 30 minute prospecting call with every salesperson you can go hide up in a conference room or go to a coffee shop go to your house whatever you need to do you can crank out a lot of those save yourself the drive time because those don't require that in-person communication so much as it's like a mental conversation right give me your information let's work through this together Um, and then you could maybe minimize to one or two if you're really strapped to time, one-on-ones in the field where you're driving your community, you're doing those in-person role plays and coaching sessions. So right. I don't want you to think every session in the field has to be a prospecting. That was one thing that I ended up taking into a whole separate phone call to make better use of my time when I was in the field. Because what would happen is I would sit down, let's talk about prospects, and then a prospect would walk in. And I'm like, I just drove here for nothing. Right. You know, and it's so frustrating for you as a leader. It's frustrating for them because they feel torn. Do I entertain my boss or do I entertain a customer? Answer is, do you always go serve the customer? Forget about your boss or nothing. Customers came, right. go take care of right. them. <laughs> right. But we need to make sure that like, we're being mindful of, okay, does all of this has to happen in the field or does all of this just have to happen? And I right. think sometimes we neglect the fact that like, let's do some of this virtually. And I loved yeah. it. I had like Monday afternoons, everybody was working. I would have back-to-back 30 minute prospecting calls right. where I'd get all the good juicy information. I could get everything I needed to help set them up for sales for the week, early in the week. And then I'd come out in the field and work on their personal development coaching.
1: Type Definitely. Session. I think <laughs> that's great. The other thing that you say, and I and I love this, is that if you do happen to be out there in the field and a prospect walks in, yay. Now I get to see them in real time. I get to observe them. I get to see how are they doing with setting agendas? How are they doing with discovery? How are they doing moving the process forward? Are they listening? You know, all kinds of things. And so then we can turn it into, hey, let's debrief. What did you do great? Because I love watching you. And what could you do a little differently? So I always looked at those opportunities as saying, this is, this is wonderful, because I can't always come out there and say, okay, I want to observe today, because sometimes then nobody walks in, right? right? (laughs) So how great if they do walk in, we use it as a teachable moment, right? And maybe it's not a teachable coaching moment, coaching, you know, maybe it's really reinforcing really great behavior. Yeah. You know, which is also, you know, one of the things that I fully believe in is I don't want them to think every time I come out there, I'm going to be p- picking them apart. I right. want them to realize I see that they're great and I respect them as a, as a professional and I respect yeah. their craft of yeah. sales and, and I want to help them realize how much I respect and, and how much I enjoy seeing a great salesperson in action. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And you did such a good job of that. You know, it's always nervous when your boss is watching you. Let's just be right. honest. And 21 right. year old Abby with KT coming up in her little <laughs> BMW and sitting through a customer. Like I would get nervous and sweaty, but it would force me to be on my best behavior, which is also really important. Right yeah to put and we should every time but there's that accountability piece if, if you're a leader sitting there that you're like okay I'm going to do everything the best that I can yeah. and not and I never felt with you I definitely had other leaders I never felt with you that it was a judgy thing because you always did such a good job of the the full feedback and I think sometimes leaders think feedback is I'm going to coach you up and and just talk about all your weaknesses and let's do that. But you always did a great job of telling us all what we did well. But I think what I realized once I became a leader, the flip side of that is when you get to observe your team in action, you do feel really grateful for them. Yeah. And I think it's easy to sit in an office and to see stats that maybe aren't going your way, or to see you know sales numbers down and be like, "What is my team doing? Like, why aren't we getting sales?" And and I feel like a lot of people sit from that position of looking at the data, but when you're out there and you see your salesperson overcome an objection or or be super empathetic or ask a really good next question, and you're like, "Oh, I wouldn't have even asked that. That was so good." You see, like you get amped up and you get proud, and it builds trust for you and your team. And it gives you an opportunity to say, that was amazing. Like, I don't even know if I would have got that from them. That was, you just totally nailed it. Right. Right. And almost like, what if there's this saying, like you get what you look for, right. If I go out there and I'm looking to like, catch them doing something wrong. Sorry, I'm going to catch them doing something wrong. Somebody ran out to get coffee. Okay. That happens. Somebody forgot to put a salt sticker. Like you can find things that they're doing wrong. But what if you went out with the expectation of, I want to catch them doing something right.
1: Exactly. That's what we always say. Catch them doing something right. And then tell them. Yes.
0: And then celebrate that. Like, I think if every leader just spent the next like two weeks, just catching them doing something right and saying kudos for what they're doing right, you would change the dynamic of the team. You would change the energy around leadership coming out and, and visiting communities. And people would start know, sitting up a little taller, like, Oh, I'm proud. Right. Well, right. Cause one of the key things
1: a good coach does is builds confidence yeah. and you, and you build confidence by reinforcing positive behavior yeah. and, and showing them that you appreciate what they did and, and, and helping them see that, gosh, this was great. Or like you said, I'm, I wouldn't have even thought of that, you know, so mm-hmm. that builds their confidence and then they're more ready to, to do it again. You yeah. know, or if you're talking about their strategy, because a lot of times they would start doing something, I'd be like, Why are you doing that? And I'm thinking I would go in a different direction. And then I'll ask them, so what what was your, you know, why did you go this way? I that surprised me, but tell me, you know, and and they would tell me and I'd be like, Oh, yeah great idea. Uh-huh. You know, you're, you're thinking very strategically. That's awesome. Yeah. And then it just helps them. It helps them be more open. Then when you do have any kind of constructive feedback, they're so much more open to listen to it because they realize you're not there to just beat them up and be so judgmental. Yeah.
0: yeah. But another thing that you mentioned earlier, and I know you did this personally, is you wouldn't say, let me tell you everything you did wrong. You would always ask, how do you think that went? What did you like and what would you do different? Like you opened the door for that. And I never realized how great that was. And I think I even shared this on a previous podcast episode. So sorry if anybody's getting a repeat, but it's worth a repeat. But when when a leader steps in and tells you the solution or tells you what you're doing wrong and tells you what you're doing right without you giving that feedback, they're stealing you. They're stealing that opportunity for you to own your own development. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And most of the time we know what we didn't do right. Most of the time, unless you're just totally not self-aware, and that's another conversation, but most people know where they fell short. Most people know where they need to, to put in a little effort or they know the solution. But when you're not encouraging them to be part of that, it makes the coaching session a lot harder. It's a lot easier for you to say, Hey, Abby, how do you think that went? And I'd be like, I didn't go three wise deep KT. And you're like, no, you didn't. But wh- what could have you asked or what are we going to follow up and ask? You know, you know, mm-hmm. what's your game plan next time you talk to them? Like, that's more how our sessions went versus, right. hey, Abby, you only went one way deep on this question and one wide deep there. And, you know, it wasn't like this beratement. It was like a team collaborative effort of just trying to get a little bit better every day.
1: Yeah. And I think a couple of things on that. One is people are usually much harder on themselves than we are. You know, yeah. most people are not everybody, but most people are. And so I I think that, um, you know, we let them give us a couple things that they think. And then I don't think I need to add anything else because I'm not going to we're not going to cover everything. We're just going to pick the top one or two things. So after I ask you and you talk about that, we say, OK, what else might you do? How would you do it differently? And then I would say, what else? Anything else? And then you know, and 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 then if you give me two or three things, I'm not going to add to it. I'm going to say I think those are three great things to work on. You know, or let's just pick one of them, you know? (laughs) So I think that's one element. The other thing is that if you, this is, it's very telling that if, if somebody does not realize what they could have done differently, then I have to look at it and say, is that a training issue? You know, maybe they don't know that they could have or should have done something differently. And now that puts a different um, light on it to me. You know, so now I think about, you know, uh, coaching them in a different way. And then I might say, what about this? Would you have considered this, you know, or would, you know, what do you think about that? You know, um, in this particular case, you didn't close. Um, and I'm wondering why was there some reason behind that? No, I just forgot. Okay. You know, or or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But if they hadn't picked it up then, and it's an important element Then then we'll talk about it and then we'll say, okay, well, let's and then I will say, okay, well, let's think about that. If you forgot, that's one thing. You know, let's let's think if let's pretend that they're here again. Let's practice it. What could you have said? You know, so then they don't just get off easy on saying I forgot or I I didn't know. We actually challenge them right Mm -hmm. to now practice it. And now it's going to stick in their mind a little bit better for the next time.
0: Yeah. And so let's talk about role-playing because okay. <laughs> you loved role-play. I loved role-play. Not everybody's a fan. Right. And it's funny because to me, it's like, you're either going to role-play, you're either going to have your manager sit in your model and watch you, or you're going to get shopped. Yeah. You got to yeah. pick one. There's, yeah. Or you're just not committed to growing as a sales professional. Like right. this is a necessary part of the job is being willing and open to put yourself out there for feedback so that you can learn and grow. Um, sports, you know, athletes, they roll back the tape, they watch themselves. I re-listen to every podcast episode and critique myself. I've sent my sales videos to my business coach. Like we should be willing to put ourselves out there and, and to ask to receive feedback. But then there's a responsibility on the leader to give feedback in a way that does build confidence, doesn't beat you down. And that's the art form that I think is missing. So, you know, when I started in my career, um, In 2005, I felt like we were in an environment of really great feedback. Like, I I think that that was the culture of the company at the time. There was really great training and support. There was a lot of time in the field and feedback was a norm. It was a lot, but it was the norm. And so it never felt like a performance management issue. It just felt like it was part of the job, right? You're a salesperson, you're going to role play. You're a salesperson, we're going to strategize. We're going to talk through things. Like, you're just not going to get off the hook. Where somewhere along the line, I'm not really sure where it happened, I felt like the industry as a whole, and maybe it's because we got so stat driven that we let stat tell the story instead of being in the field. And I I think it's somewhere along that path when we started really utilizing CRMs. And it's like, I didn't need to talk to you about your prospects because I could look at it in a spreadsheet. And we, we lost that opportunity for feedback in some of just this data observation and it became the data tells a story so we don't need to have a personal story. And I feel like feedback just kind of stopped. And the only time feedback was happening for a lot of folks was as it relates to, I'm going to put you on a performance improvement plan. And now I'm going to give you feedback. And there's all the things that you're doing wrong. And so we, we get this gap between true like culture of feedback and growth and development to feedback for performance management slash termination. Like what can what can sales leaders do if they don't have a culture of feedback today to bring feedback in in a way that doesn't feel like y'all suck. We're just going to start giving you feedback. <laughs> there's got to be a bridging the gap to get back to a culture of feedback. What would you suggest that they do?
1: Let's see. I think um, I think a couple things again. First of all, we talk about role play, and there's something about the word role play that scares people. <laughs> I have found that if instead of using the word role play, I say, "Well, let's just practice it for a minute," yeah, people are less intimidated by practicing, yeah, than they are in role playing. And I think the reason is because with practice we don't think we have to be perfect right? with role play. We think we do
0: Mm, a little mindset shift. I like that A little
1: mindset shift. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is we get people in the habit of practicing and understanding that you don't have to be perfect. We just want to get a little bit better. So that's, I think the first thing is let's use word power. Let's call it practice. Yeah. I like that. Um, That's the first thing. And then the second thing I think is we, we, you know, to start building that culture, we have to help. We have, I think it's a combination here of coaching them up so that when they do practice and then they come up with some solutions of how they might do it differently and then they do it differently and then they have success and then they share the success or we help share the success. Mm -hmm. Now other people are seeing that Oh, when Abby went out and worked with, with Carol, you know, she loved it. She had a good experience and look at what's happening with her sales. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, calling it practice is one thing, but then doing it in a way where they see results and we share that. You know, starts creating a different culture. Then people aren't so afraid to have their manager come out there because they're not going to be beating them up every time. They're truly out there to help them. And I think as a coach, we have to go out there with that mindset. I'm there to help them. I'm not there to find everything they're doing wrong. I want to leverage their superpowers. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe they're great at discovery. I want them to really use that discovery to then work through the whole process you know and now let's talk about how can we take what they've learned and 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 offer you know um satisfy those needs you know in yeah. a way that's really persuasive you know what i mean so leverage those strengths and then just give them one or two things to work on or to think about you yeah. know and have them come up with the solutions because we both know that if they come up with a solution and it's their idea they're going to be more bought into it than mm-hmm. if it's kt's idea so let yeah. it be their idea you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's how we ask those questions. You know, how could you do that? Well, that way would work. Are there any other ways you can think of? Well, how do you like this? Well, now, if I said it that way, how does that sound? Now you say it. Now let's see how that sounds. You know what I mean? Let's let's pick what we think is going to sound the best in this situation. Yeah. So that we're sort of in a brainstorming situation. And then And then after doing some of that brainstorming, they're like, you know what? I really like it when I said it this way. I said, yeah, I agree. I think that sounds great. Let's write that down and now let's practice it again. You know what I mean? And then starting to see skills develop, confidence grow, and then
0: they remember and then they use it.
1: Yeah. And then I'm like, well, tell me what happens. Call me and let me know how it goes after you talk to those people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause then that's the positive feedback loop too, right? So they got positive feedback from you. They get positive feedback from the customer interaction because it worked right. It helped them get the information that they needed or move the process forward. And then they feel good because they have the success story to share. And then you can share it in a sales rally, boost them up, encouraging everybody else. And it's this really great positive cycle that yeah. can happen. I love the concept of practice versus role play. I think we need to, to work on that. And I just, I just love this. I, I can't let go of the whole like catch them doing something good. I feel like we yeah. just need more of that in our in our world, in all departments, in all situations. Like leaders need to like pick your head up, stop staring at your computer and your phone, catch somebody in your team doing something, even in another department, catch somebody else doing something good. Yeah. Praising that because that is gonna just shift the way that everybody sees each other, sees the other departments. Everybody is quick to say what somebody's doing wrong. Right. Not many people are quick to say who's doing what right. And if you can be that culture shift in a team or that culture shift as a leader, people are going to want to continue to show up great and perform. It's pretty basic human psychology that somehow we forget in the day-to-day grind of, of work and trying to get stuff done is that, you know, you make somebody feel good, they're going to feel good. They're going to do better. They're going to show up great. And they're going to want to do better next time too. Right. And so I think it's really important to think about that the whole coaching cycle. And I love that you almost like don't really tell. Like telling is for training, right? Okay. We got a new yeah. concept. A- and mm-hmm. this is like I always talk about the the performance coaching cycle, but that's about new concepts of tell, show, do, review. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they've already learned this thing, and mm-hmm. you know, if you need to reshow them, you can show them, but they don't need to be told it again. You need to see them and you need to give them feedback. We need to stay in that like do and review. And that's what practice is. Right. is do and review. And um And it's so much asking them what do they think?
1: What would they do differently? How would they say it? Why would they say it that way? What other do they have any other ideas? You know, what would happen if you say it this way? What do you think the result would be? You know, you help you good coaching is all about asking really strategic questions, just like good sales is. And great salespeople can become great coaches, but I believe coaching is a skill that takes time to develop. So yeah. even any of the new sales leaders out there, they de- they can't expect they're going to be perfect at it every time. That's okay. Yeah. We don't expect that. It's something that yeah. they, they need to practice. Yeah.
0: But what I see new leaders do, and I mean, I did this too, is you start telling them how you would do it because yeah. that's all you know. So here's what I would do. That's how yeah. you kind of start your training. If I was in your seat, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. Where it's not about us. It's about them. And this questioning, not only does it get them to be part of their process, but it also gets them to start thinking about those questions when they're alone. Yeah. So, you know, I I was on a call with another lady recently and we were talking about this you know, your concept of bring me solutions, not problems, yeah. but that you challenging us with that, like, and what's your solution got me to start thinking and what's your solution before I even met with you because mm-hmm. it was so repetitive and it was so ingrained mm-hmm. that pretty soon you don't need to say anything. We could do a role play and I'd be like, okay, I didn't get this. I didn't do that. I needed it. Cause I know what's coming, right? Cause yeah. you were consistent and reliable in terms of your discovery on us and where we wanted to grow and where we thought we did good. So I think that's part of it too, is it's not just <clears throat> to get them to talk in that moment. It's to get them to be own their own professional development in the years to come, because you're, you're giving them their own thought path that they need to have to be able to take care of their own personal development.
1: That's right. And and along those same lines, I also loved it when I would say, okay, Abby, I'm going to be out there, you know, we, we, we can review prospects, but let's also take a little bit of time just for regular, you know, skill development. Let's, you tell me what you'd like to work on. You know, do you want to work on you know, maybe you want to work on discovery, maybe you want to walk around closing, maybe you want to work on how to fill out MLS. I mean, you know what I mean? I like to then say, what do you want to work on? What's going to help you most today or, or this week, you know, because then also if we are coaching on a topic, it's a topic that they've bought into. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to, you know, situational leadership, right? A newbie might need more, hey, we're going to go back to the basics and we're going to go through our discovery and we're going to go through our closing and we're going to go through all of this where your more seasoned person may be like, Hey T, I need, I just don't get my competition right now. Like who am I missing? I don't feel like I have a sense of it or I've lost my USP with all these new competitors. Like it's going to be a deeper level conversation, but letting them guide that instead of doing this one size fits all. So what I've found or what I see a lot of new leaders do, in addition to telling everybody, this is what I would do. They play to their least common salesperson. So whoever's struggling the worst or needs the most support, instead of just going and individually supporting that person, they're like, all right, guys, we're all going to do this thing because somebody needs it. But it's really like you apply this one concept that maybe is just a pain point with one salesperson to your whole team. And then you get disengagement, 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 because they're all like, we're good at that. We all know this is for so and so. And so you really need to be careful of what you choose to do in group training sessions. The group training needs to be like your basics. Right. But if there is an individual with an issue, you need to be bold enough to give direct feedback. So talk to me a little bit about. Coaching in terms of direct feedback and not beating around the bush because you can ask them questions, but what about the person who's like, I'm great, I thought it went wonderful? Like, how do you bridge that gap into no, we need to have a more serious conversation? There were some big Mm -hmm. steps missed here. Mm -hmm. How do you go about that transition?
1: You know, I think you just said it, Abby. You know, I think when I think the first thing is, you know, you did a couple things really, really well, and I'm proud of you. You did this well, this well, and that well. Um, when it comes to the closing side of things, let's just use that as an example. Um, I thought there were some elements missed there. And, you know, for example, when you moved from, you know, the the model to the home site, you know, did you did you get any kind of, did you do any kind of mini close that this was the right home? It, you know, maybe you did and I didn't hear you. Yeah. You know, you know I did miss that. You know, okay, um, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how we could do that differently. You know, that's, that's how I would do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about how you could do that differently. Let's talk about, you know, when you do miss it, what happened then? You know, well then, well, I realize, you know, maybe in that situation, they realized that that really wasn't the right house. And, and here they're going down the road thinking that it is the right house, you know? Yeah. So, so I think that it's, it's also a matter of you, you deal with it right then you give them an example, and then you help them see what the impact is. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then, and then you practice, how, what would you do differently? Now, now that yeah. we've talked about it, what would you differently, you know, and, and I would, I would be a little careful that I probably wouldn't say, you know, there's these three big elements, um, unless, you know, I, I tend to think more in terms of, let me just pick the one most important thing.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. You know, um, maybe there was three things and maybe it's one big and too little, you know, and we put it, but we have to always be looking at thing at it in a way where we're putting it in perspective because people can't work on three things at one time. Yeah. You know, let's just give them the one thing that's going to have the biggest impact. Yeah. You know, and help them understand what the impact is. Yeah. and And, um, and then also get them excited about it. You know, yes. I know you could do that because you did this over here. So we just yeah. have to remember to do it in this situation too, because then you're going to be, and then what's the benefit of it? You know, then yeah. you're going to be able to, you know, reduce the amount of time you're spending with, with the prospect and, and get them narrowed down to a particular house so much more quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Get them their buy-in on it too. Get their buy-in, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, and I
0: think it's hard because I think, you know, we have these big sales goals and when things aren't going well, right, and the market is shifting, there's a lot of pressure to just perform. (laughs) Fix this, fix that, whatever it is. And some of this stuff takes time and it takes intentionality and you can go into a one-on-one. And I always said that my job as a sales leader was like to protect the mindset of the salesperson right? Because you can go into a one-on-one and be like, guys, like we're missing the mark. Here's these 10 things you need to do immediately. And it can just kind of leave them drained and feeling defeated, or it can be what's working. Like, what do you guys feel like is actually working? Let's not touch that. Let's keep the ship sailing in the right direction. Right. But where do you need help? And asking them to steer that instead of us always going in with this, like, you know, I always say guns a blazing, like, like we're going to take over the world and we're going to solve this because I think we're disengaging a lot more than we realize when it's this top down pressure that gets rolled out to the field in these pushing initiatives and pushing things. So like one of the big things that, you know, this would probably be a good conversation too. I don't know how we are on time, but you know, pushing incentives, it drives me nuts. Okay. Yes, we need them to be competitive, right? That's where the market is. But if all we're doing is talking about incentives with customers, we're missing the reason why they're buying in the first place. Right. And so I'm seeing companies being like, don't forget we have 5% interest rate. Well, we do on two houses and I have 20 houses I need to sell. And so like, then we put these signs in the yard and we put all these banners out and we run all these ads and it's almost creating more work Mm -hmm. because that's good for two people, not for the 20 that I have to sell. It's like, it's always this mindfulness of if I do this, then what happens? But am I creating more work for the sales team? then I am help. Yeah. And I think just by asking them. I mean, I even asked this to my daughter the other day. I'm like, "What can I do to help you?" Like she's got a lot going on. she has got dad. Like, "What can you help?" She's like, "I'm fine, mom." I'm like, "Okay." But like it's just my nature. Like, "What can I do to help?" Like yeah. that's the question you should be leading with your team. They're going to have the right solution. Yeah, they're going to have that right opportunity.
1: Yeah. And I want to go back to that, too, where you said, you know, you, a sales leader might be out there and they might see a couple of people really lacking in one element of a skill. Maybe it's discovery. Maybe it's how they're presenting their incentive, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, they want to take it to the sales meeting and have everybody and, and start doing a training session on every, with everybody. Yeah. And what I would recommend to do differently is this, is I think, A, great job for identifying an area of opportunity. Great yeah. job. Um, but I think that I would probably handle it a little bit differently. And I would, I would probably say, you know, if these two people are having a problem, maybe there's some other people also having a problem with this uh, that I just didn't see it yet. So I'd probably make a couple calls to some of my more senior levels, yeah. salespeople. I'd ask them a little bit about, you know, have you had any challenges with this? How are you handling it? Yeah. And then I would say, you know what, what I'd like to do is bring this up in the meeting. Would you be willing to share some of what you're doing? Yeah, Because now what happens is, you have some people who will be engaged because they need to learn. You have other people who maybe don't have the same problem, but if they can share what they're doing, now they're gonna be engaged. The the salespeople who need a little bit of help are going to listen to some, some of their expert peers even better than you sometimes. So now you have everybody engaged and those people who are doing it well are going to be able to come up with things that you might not even think of (laughs) because they're out there doing it. And so now you're creating a culture. You know how you talked before about a culture of feedback. They're creating a culture of feedback. It's a culture of, you know, um, Here's some of what I've seen out there that's not been as effective. What I'd like to do is talk about how we can talk about those incentives or use yeah. those incentives in a more effective way so yeah. that we can all learn, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's that that's one way to be able to handle that situation. Yeah. And keep more of your team engaged. Yeah.
0: And I would say that peer-led or peer-supported trainings always go over way better than instructor-led. Yeah. Without One, because like you said, everybody's engaged, but they also take it, I think, a little bit more serious from somebody who's in the field. I mean, I can remember many a time as a salesperson, leaving a meeting and a sales manager gave some advice and somebody would always say they haven't sold in 20 years. (laughs) Like we're just like, whether it's true or not, there's like this discredit, you know? And that was like my fear of being a leader. It's like, I'm going to be irrelevant. I need to go sell a house every once in a while so I can just like earn my keep. But there, there is that like kind of chip on the shoulder, right? If somebody hasn't sold for a long time. And so hearing it from somebody who's actively in the field kind of takes that like chip on the shoulder away because this is somebody actively doing this today and it's working for them. Right.
1: And it's working for credibility, them. Credibility, like instant right. credibility. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it keeps everybody engaged. And it also makes those people who are doing it well feel good about themselves. Yeah. And now it reinforces positive behavior and has them going out doing it well again. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, that's all part of creating a, a learning, growing culture. Yeah. You know, and it's okay for us to talk about it in front of each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's okay to like make a mistake. You know, I think that's the fear, right. Is that it needs to be perfect. It has to be polished and we're not all going to be perfect and polished all the time. I think that's like, Sometimes what I get uncomfortable about video shops and all of that because I think it's this expectation that you should be 100% all the time. Nobody's 100% all the time. We all have bad days. We get a call. Our kids sick. You know, dogs not doing well. Parents are going through stuff. Like, life happens. And when you put anybody's life into a stat, you just instantly overwhelm. Right. <laughs> so I almost right. wish that, like, shops didn't have scores. And it was just hey, we got this video. Let's watch it together and learn together. And just treat it like a normal coaching session. But again, that's for another topic for another day. So let's kind of recap. We talked about um, creating a culture of feedback, but starting with catching them doing good, reframing instead of saying role play. We're going to practice. No big Mm -hmm. deal. We're going to practice. It's going to be messy, but we're going to work out the kinks together, which I love. Sharing people's success. Mm Mm-hmm. Peer leading whenever you can, adding that element to the training if it's something that you do want to do in a group session, making sure that we're asking how we can help. Mm -hmm. And in our coaching conversations, leading with questions versus telling, ask versus tell, and let them guide their own professional development, which I really love. And then also making sure that we are being mindful of our time. Mm -hmm. If we don't have time to do everything in the one on one in the field, figure out what you could do in a phone call or a Zoom meeting. Be a little bit more productive as the leader between driving to community, to community to community. That can be a huge time suck. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. What else is there? Anything else that you think we need to make sure everybody gets? I like yeah, I, like I think so. Done. I think
1: when we talk about coaching, mm-hmm. we talk about growth and development. I think we also have to remember that we have to hold our folks accountable to that growth and development. Mm-hmm. So if we have left that that coaching session and we've given them something to work on, or we've talked about how they can. Uh, follow up with a particular prospect in a certain way. I think the key is to then, you know, take it that next step and say, call me and let me know how it went. Yeah. Or the following week when you're out there, hey, we talked last week about, you know, your closing um, throughout the process. How is that going? Give me a couple of examples. What's working for you? What's not working for you? I think we have to hold them accountable to that because this is big, Abby, If we don't do that, then the time that we spend out there, they may not be as engaged because they think, oh, they're never going to follow. You know, they don't really care. You know, I'm just going to tell them what they want to hear while they're in front of me, but they're not going to ever, you know, ask me again. And I think it's so important to, to hold them accountable. And then, and then if they do have a challenge with it, let's work through it. Let's come up with, you know, what we could do differently. And if it did work well, we celebrate it like what we said, and we, we share it with other people, you know? Um I just I feel very strongly about that because yeah. it 's like you said when when I would come out there, you would know that i was you would know what to expect yeah right? you would yeah. know because I did it the same way every time for the yeah. most part you would yeah. know to have your prospects ready you would know yeah. that when i would observe something. And I would say that I would ask, what did you do well? You know, because I would hold you accountable. And then the next time it would be the same way. So I mean, accountability factor,
0: especially when I was a very new salesperson. So for those of you who haven't had the privilege of working with KT, she used to play the three wise deep game all the time. So I'd take out my cards because we didn't have a CRM back then. So I'd have my little (laughs) Rolodex customer cards and I'd be like the Smith. She'd be like, oh, what do they need? I'd be like three bedrooms. Well, why do they need it? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. They just needed three bedrooms. She's like, okay, we're going to ask that. But then next time we talk, she'd be like, all right, why did the Smiths need three bedrooms? And I'd be like, boom, boom, boom. Right. So there was that accountability loop yeah. to getting all of that information. And I think we need to maybe just like we needed to just scratch role play. I think we need to scratch accountability. Cause I think everybody thinks that's like a hard concept. You just need to freaking follow up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We
0: yeah. just like scratch accountability. Just follow up with your people. If you ask them to do something, follow up. How did it go? What's happening? Following up is truly the accountability. It's closing the loop, right? It is. It's closing the loop. conversation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna close the loop. And it's so interesting because when I took, when I took over my first team as a sales leader, one of the activities I did is I sat down with each salesperson and just like, hey, tell me about you. What are your strengths? How long have you been doing this? You know. And then I also said, what are some things that you loved about your past managers and what are some things that you didn't love about past managers? So I could get a frame of reference for how this team needed me to show up. Every team's different. That's a great way to kind of get that vibe. And that particular team, there was a consistent theme of what they didn't like about previous management was lack of follow through. Mm -hmm. Like they'd make us do these reports, but then nobody would ever say that they got them or nobody would ever say good job or thanks for the 14 hours you invested in that right, or they right. do a training and they'd be like, Hey, we want you guys to redo your models and the way that they're laid out. But then nobody would come out and check. And it's like, is it just like talking into the wind? And and almost every single person mentioned that as a pain point. So I think as leaders, sometimes we don't want to be too harsh or we don't want to be too demanding, but people crave that people crave the follow through and that it was so important for you to say it, that it's worth following through up. So if you say, Reports are due on the 15th and nobody sends in a report, pick up the phone and call them. Hey, what happened? You having a crazy week? I didn't see the report, right? Right. Or, you know, I I saw you guys met with the Smiths yesterday. How did it go? Did you get those extra whys? Do we feel like we're moving them forward? Like that simple stuff shows that you're on top of it. It requires you slowing down. It does. It requires you taking notes. Yes. And it requires you giving a shit.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you All don't care that about your
0: people, right, and- right, right. <laughs> yeah, if you don't care about your people, if you don't care, if you don't take the time and you don't take the notes, it's not going to happen. So find your systems that help support this. I know you're busy. I like to do what I do with my coaching clients now is I keep an email train going where we I, everything that we've talked about is bullet pointed, everything that we're doing, and then that next session I'm like, hey, how'd it go? that way I can hold them accountable. I can follow up. This is what we talked about. Did you finish that project? Did you have that conversation? Did you talk to your boss about this? It's how we start our next meeting. You can do that with your, you can do that with anybody on your team, that accountability loop, or put it on your calendar or ask the salesperson or your employee to put on the calendar. Hey, you know, we just stepped out of this meeting. I want you to practice this with me, you know, practice your closing questions, you know, Send me an invite. We're going to meet next week, Tuesday at two. Send me the calendar invite. I'll be out here and we're going to go through that together. Like include them in part of that process. Um, But you got to follow through and you got to care enough too.
1: You got to. It's really, I think, too. Here's the benefit, Abby. When we follow through and we see that whatever they did worked, it's fun for us and it's fun for them. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's one of the fun parts of our job. Yeah. And, and if we follow through and it didn't work, well, then we're back to doing some problem solving. And that's fun, too. Yeah. you know That's fun, too, to help them strategize to come up with another way. Yeah. So it, I think it's a, um, you know, closing that loop, you know, when it is just uh, a gratifying piece of the job because yeah. we see the results, you yeah. know, um, but it also does ensure that they did it and ensure that they grow.
0: I I think missing that follow through stage is how we're breaking down trust on teams, though, because they're not seeing like as a leader, I'm not seeing the reward. Right. So I don't know if they did it or not. They don't get to give me that gratification of showing me that they're reliable and accountable. And like this trust, the trust cycle falls apart when we don't follow through on both sides of the equation.
1: Yeah, yeah. It does. It, it it the trust falls apart and we also want them to realize that when we're there we we really want to see them um grow and develop
0: mm-hmm. and
1: when we then celebrate the growth and development they feel good about their behavior. Yeah. You know, and that's another element. We're talking about behaviors here. We're not talking about personality, we're talking about behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when when you can comment on really great behavior or growing behavior or growth mindset that's leading to specific behavior. Hey, it makes people feel good.
0: Yeah. 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 And
1: that's what we want to do. I mean, I think that's the big thing about being a sales leader is, and you said it in the beginning, you know, we want to, you know, it's a head game for the salespeople. We want to help them be better and help them feel better about themselves and feel more confident. The more confident they are, the more they, they dig deeper, the more they believe that, that they have a strong USP and can, and
0: can really sell it, you know, the more they close. Yeah. And I think leaders need to ask themselves before they roll something out and before they have a conversation, is this going to get me closer to where I want to go or further away? Mm -hmm. And you need to just take that pause and be intentional about going into these coaching conversations to not tell, to ask, to not, not list off all of the things, pick one thing. Yeah. Right? Ask how you can help, not demand how they can help you. Right. And you'll start to see the shift. You'll start to see an uptick in performance and environment and culture and all of the things that you really need to have a thriving team. Your team yeah. doesn't function under fear. Your team doesn't function under demands. Your team doesn't function under trackers. They function over trust, support, yeah. feedback, everybody growing and cheering each other on. That's how you're going to level up your team. And that's what happens in coaching. Well, that's how you level them up, but that's also how you
1: retain them. Yeah. That's also how you see them grow and become, you know, what I call those self reliant high achievers. Yeah. You know, they're happy to be there, they're happy to grow, and they're happy to perform. You yeah. know, they're not just doing it because you're beating them up, you yeah. know? So, yeah, very much so. And if I was to add anything else, I would say, and you mentioned this, you mentioned that, you know, sometimes they have a bad day. Yeah. You know, we also have to be astute enough to listen with our eyes, ears, and our heart. And mm-hmm. if they are having a really bad day or they, they just had three cancels or they just, you know, had to put their dog down, I mean, God forbid, you know, we have to be adaptable enough and patient yeah. and, and be human enough to yeah. realize that just because we had, you know, this on our calendar for today, maybe, you know, ask them, would it be better if we move this tomorrow? Yeah. They might say no. I want to do it now and get my mind off of this. Or they might say yes. I really can't concentrate. And yeah. I want to say as a leader, don't waste your time if they're really not going to be able to be engaged and concentrate with you. Go spend your time with somebody else. Yeah. You know? it, because because things like that happen. Now if that happens every
0: time you're out there,
1: you got something else going on.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a. we call it a red flag. <laughs> That's a red flag. Somebody's leaving. But yeah. But you're right, and it's give them the. Give them the grace to have a bad day. Yeah. Let's just move on. Ask them if there's anything you can do to support them. But if not, give them space. Sometimes we just need it. Yeah. No, we do. We just need it. So this is about and that aligns you with them again. And then the next time they're
1: going to be that much more willing, or most of the times, they'll be that much more willing to bring it because yeah. You gave them the grace before, and yeah. and um, yeah, I, I it's all about the relationship, right, with that salesperson, and yeah. and helping them realize we care about them, we want to help them develop, we want them to be successful, and it's all those kinds of things that we're doing that we talked about that that shows them we we you don't want to just tell them we that's how we show them that yeah. we care and we and we want to see them do well, and we're excited when they do.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Oh, no, you're welcome. I can have these <laughs> conversations all day, every day. We're going to have KT back in a couple of weeks. Uh, she's got some exciting stuff going on in 2024. So I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away. Cause we're going to bring her back for that. But I want to thank you for being here today and sharing your expertise and your love for coaching and training, it's so um, contagious and you know, just lights me up. I'm like all amped. I feel like I need to restructure how I'm coaching today again. So I'm forever <laughs> learning from you, which I'm so grateful for. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to see what's in store for both of us in the new oh, year. Oh, thank you, Abby. And
1: congratulations to you. You're doing great. You've got a really strong following. And, and the folks who are working with you, how lucky they are because they're getting some really good um, – coaching, but also your experience is leading to really good coaching. So that's awesome. I'm happy for you. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It's a bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Rise and Shine. We hope you're leaving today's conversation feeling inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to make a meaningful impact on your career and life. Remember, your journey is unique, and every step you take brings you closer to your goals. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of empowerment, and share with a friend, somebody who you think may benefit from this episode too. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, insights, and even topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes episodes by connecting with us on social media or leaving a review. Your feedback helps us tailor Rise and Shine to meet your unique needs. Until next time, keep rising, keep shining, and keep making your mark in the world of home building.